You are listening to PLV Radio Network. Join us in celebrating all of life's possibilities. Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening, everybody. Welcome back to another edition of Positive Vibrations Roundtable, where we bring you people with great conversation discussing topics from a different perspective. Today we have Sherry Fink, a children's author, and Lynn Dempsey, also a children's author. And we're going to be discussing today the importance of reading to your children and your children learning to read and the wonderful tactile of actually touching a book. I know everything seems to be going to tablets and they can swish things along and that's all very grand, but there's something about hand-holding a book. Um, It's essential that we do read to our kids and encourage them to read for themselves. That's where they discover their wonderful imagination. It's where they learn to dream of possibilities for themselves. But very, very often when you're reading to your children, even a simple book, it kind of takes us back to our own childhood, our own simplicity, a little understanding of our own inner child sometimes that needs to come out. So while you're educating your children and inspiring them, they in turn, with their reaction, end up inspiring you and reminding you that in every one of us, there is a little kid trying to get out. So Sherry Fink, from the, f- um, the last time that I interviewed her, has taken leaps <coughs> and bounds. Um, I often, often talk about her, what I call redirect, uh, and it was a beautiful redirect of you know um, having a story in her head and a traffic jam and having to write on every piece of paper she can and eventually writing on her arm because the story had to come out and embracing this journey, even walking away from a corporate, w- very well-paid, high-profile job to follow her passion, her conviction of, of storytelling. And uh, Lynn, um, you know, also has followed this path of, of you know, um, making sure that there is books out there for children because she loves that. And it was her dog that inspired her to write uh, a book, you know, Take the Dog Out. And she's a best uh, award-winning uh, finalist and um, has won international book awards. Um, and it's all about you know, kind of getting kids engaged by something that they actually understand. So everybody's had a journey here that's led them to what they're doing now. And it's wonderful to see both of you, you know, follow something that you love doing, um, that you're kind of compelled to do, and that it's taken such wings and really being received so well. And the fact that it's being received so well just shows us how important books are for children. So I'm going to go to each one of you so you can introduce yourselves and tell a little bit about yourself. So I'll go to you, Sherry, first. Hello. <laughs> I'm very happy to be here. Thank you for the wonderful introduction. Um, I, I guess I, the thing I would most like to share is that I have a passion for helping kids believe in themselves. And so every book that I write is infused with that uh, energy that I really want them to believe in themselves and have positive self-esteem so that they know that they're capable of doing whatever they want in the world. And so for me, I think it's so important that kids are read to at a very early age, not just for the sake of learning to read and, and being engaged with different worlds, but, but also to develop their own inner world and to, to know, like to plant that seed, like a book can plant a seed. You are worthy. You are precious. You can do anything. So um, for me, that, that's really been a driving force and uh, one of the things I'm really excited to, to talk about today. Excellent. Wonderful. And Lynn, let's share a little bit of your journey into writing these books. Okay. Thank you so much for having me. Uh, my goal is to make children learn to read and enjoy themselves. So once they start learning to read, then the whole world can open up to them. They can continue reading bigger words, bigger books, and, and they, they can go anywhere. So as long as they're happy and they're learning and uh, they're enjoying reading, that, that's, that's what I love. That's what I, I, I really, really like. So opening up that world. And your, your books, Lynn, are kind of very much the introductory books um, of literally the ABCs and, and the numbers. So kind of um, probably the, you know, the books that will come before Sherry um, as kind of getting into understanding what reading is about and what reading can give you. And, and you've made fun of, you know, discovering numbers and discovering, you know, letters. Um, and now you've got a book on colors as well. So you're, you're making it something that kids can get interactive with and uh, have fun doing it. And, of course, inspired by your dog. 
um, which I always think, you know, yay for the dogs. (laughs) 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 They're a great inspiration. (laughs) And so you put that in a book. But where, Sherry, your books are kind of going into that next stage where where kind of there's already that little, uh, okay, now I'm, you know, I can read, but now it's the storytelling of where that reading can take you. So for mm-hmm. both of you, yeah. you're, you're hitting on different levels, which is very, very important. So we're in a busy world where parents are, you know, it used to be slapping a kid in front of the TV, and now it's slapping them in front of a tablet or giving them their phone. And it's all very stimuli, and kids are really quick to adapting to those, you know, um, technology. But there is still nothing like kind of that book, you know, in the hand, a child on the lap, and reading to them. If there's that connection of wonderment. Um, you know, Lynn, I'm going to go to you first, and your experience of, because you're certainly getting them a little earlier, you know, of that connection and that introduction to reading. Yes, I believe that's the building blocks. You want them to enjoy it. Uh, it's not a chore. They're excited about it and carry through that joy and that excitement to read more and learn more. Uh, I read an article uh, by James Patterson, and there were some scary stats in that about children, if they can't read on level by third grade, that they were six times more likely to drop out of high school. And that really scared me. So if we can get out there and we can sit down and we can read to our children with the books and get them excited about reading, I think it can really open up the world for them. Reading is the is the common denominator to everything, isn't it? You know, when somebody can't read, they are missing out so much on life in every aspect of life. Yes. Yes, they can go so far. They just need these building blocks and, and keep going. Yeah. And, of course, it's nothing like a good book. Sherry, what's your point of view on that? Um, I totally agree. And I also think it's the bonding. It's a, mm. such a special bonding time between a parent or a grandparent or aunt or, or uncle and a child um, to sit, or even a sibling, to sit with them and be so present that you're focused on one thing, and that is the enjoyment of that book together. And it's almost like a, a magical co-creation of that experience, right? Where the kid is in the story, they're seeing the the world through the perspective of the uh, main character, and the parent is narrating that story and bringing it to life. I mean, I think in our busy world, it's rare to have those moments where we're both connected at the same point Mm. and exploring a whole new realm, and that, I feel, is is the most powerful, is the child has that, that time with someone, anyone, whoever that is, that's saying, you are important to me. Let's have fun together. Yeah. And if we learn something along the way, even better. <laughs> well, you, you know that I've, I talk to divaism, you know, and every child uh, is born a diva. The ability to dream, to be inspired, to see the vision, and aspire to make it happen. And you just look at a child when, you know, as you said, they, they, they take on a character from a favorite book. And suddenly they've become that a character because they've become that character because they're inspired by it. And they see the vision of them being that character. And they aspire to grow up and be like that person this week. Of course, next week it changes because that's the beauty of the imagination. (laughs) But, you know, that's the beauty of divaism. And, you know, we we lose it. You know, you went off to the corporate world, Sherry. um, And, you know, great job and, you know, great achievements. But you weren't honoring your dream or your inspiration because you used to write stories all the time as a child. Um, And that's the point is we really need to keep those dreams and those inspirations alive in a child, don't we? Yes, absolutely. So Lynn, uh, that connection, the reading, very, very important. Learning the alphabet because obviously, you know, it's the basis of understanding the language and, you know, and the numbers and making it fun and making it interactive. Um, it's kind of, uh, I did a show recently on Alzheimer's and it is, you know, um, the brain has a capacity to learn at an extraordinary rate. And uh, it's when we stop learning or become stagnant uh, or repetitive that the brain's neurons stop misfiring and you have to learn something new all the time in order to keep those neurons going. With a child, those neurons are just going like crazy. They're sponges. They can absorb everything. And that storytelling 
and, and helping them kind of understand the language and the wonderment of it um, isn't just that wonderful connection and, and learning to read and write, but it's also, I think, a kind of a basis in confidence um, because you're giving them that permission to dream and explore and be inspired by life. You want to take that one, Lynn? I, I totally agree. And, and when you were saying about bonding with the child, my children are now 15 and 13. I'll be turning 13. And, uh, no, 13. I don't remember that. <laughs> 15 and 13. I'm, I'm in trouble now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but they can remember. They remember when they were preschoolers and the stories that we would sit and read together. And, and my daughter can almost remember word for word some of them. Mm. And those times are special. The, the kids will remember that. It really makes a difference when you sit down with them and read to them and spend that time with them. They remember that, and it carries them you know, through as they get older. Yeah, it's more than just the words, isn't it? And as I said, it's keeping that imagination going and that connection and that wonderment. And, you know, we become so jaded as human beings, you know, the walking dead, uh, because nothing is inspiring as anymore, you know, got no vision and nothing to aspire to. And if we just kept things alive, I think if you, you know, talk to people who have always been avid readers, I think you'll see far less depression and also f a far less confusion over life because through the beautiful written uh, imaginary world, um, you know, of, of people's writings, it takes them to solutions and it takes them to awareness and brings other worlds to them. Um, it just opens things up so considerably. You want to hear that one, Sherry? Yes, actually, I totally agree with you. It, I, it, it gives you different perspectives. I think, well, two things. Okay, so number one, I think language, like the, I love Lynn's books, first of all, because they're fun and vivacious, and I love that puppy, <laughs> but also because it teaches important building blocks, because language is the foundation for communication. Mm -hmm. And if you can read, you can read from different perspectives. I mean, I grew up in a really small town in rural Virginia in the U.S., and I didn't meet people who were living differently than me. You know, yeah. it was very limited to my small town. I had never traveled. You know, my family, no one in my family had ever moved away. So the experiences that I was exposed to were very narrow. But because I learned to read at an early age, my mom taught me um, before I even went to kindergarten, it was wonderful because I could see, oh, there's another world out there. There's many different worlds. And I think knowing that, that seeing from different perspectives is so powerful to give you hope as to what's possible for you. And then secondly, I believe that if you can communicate, like so language being the foundation of communication, if you can express the way you're feeling, you feel less trapped in life. If you can at least articulate what's happening with you, you are not just stuck with an emotional response to whatever's going on. You can actually think it through. You can reason. You can reach out for help. You can, you know, create art from that experience. Mm -hmm. And so uh, it's so important. Lynn, have you got something to add to that? That was beautiful. <laughs> uh, <laughs> thank you. That was <laughs> no, that's wonderful. Uh, children themselves, they are creativity. Mm -hmm. They are nonstop creativity, nonstop energy for the most part, uh, enthusiastic, and they want to see that world out there. And I think as we get older, maybe we're not as open to that anymore. And like you were saying before, the inner child, uh, I think we still have that in us, that enthusiasm, that creativity, and just even being around children, I believe, brings that out. Yeah, I, I think people that work with, with kids or even young animals, it, it keeps the fun. You know, we're inclined to, as adults, lose our fun. And, you know, everything about responsibility and accountability, <laughs> you know. And it, yes, those things need <laughs> to be there. But, but you know, if, if they cost you your sense of joy in life and, and, and fun and getting out there and participating in life and doing something silly, you know, we all need to let our sillies out sometimes. And, you know, there's this, oh, well, I'm an adult now. I can't do that. Yes, you can. Sherry goes around with pink wigs, multicolored wigs all the time to do her storytelling. <laughs> and I bet you her inner child is coming out all the time that she does that. <laughs> yes, yes, definitely. <laughs> so it's really, really important that we, you know, we let ourselves, you know, stop taking ourselves so seriously and lighten up. Because in, when you're around children, I mean, they're just 
share that exuberance. So, you know, what happened to us? You know, what happened to this? Where did our exuberance go? Yeah, well, I think it makes me think of what Brendan Burchard says, is that you bring the joy. And I think so many of us, we're not taught that when mm. we're young, that it's okay to just be joyful. Being joyful doesn't mean you're Pollyanna. It doesn't mean that you're dumb. It means that you have a higher consciousness to look for the good and create it wherever you go. And I think reading instills that in children, too, because when they're seeing the different perspectives, they can feel, ooh, what feels right for me? Does it feel good to be grumpy and angry? No. It feels better to be joyful and happy. How can I create that in my world? And then as a parent who reads to a child, you help them develop that skill without even maybe even intentionally trying. It's permission, I think. You know, by reading these stories yeah. and showing all the different emotions that, you know, the characters go through in the stories, I think is giving a child permission to have uh, emotions. There's a beautiful movie. I mention it in every show I do because I think everybody should see it um, uh, from the inside out. Um, animated movie and it's all about the balance of our emotions and that those emotions are there for a reason if you're mad if you're sad it's reflecting something going on in your life it isn't to suppress it it's to look at it but not dwell on it you know find a solution and I think that reading does that because through those characters that you read you become that character. So if that character is going through an adventure or going through horror, you know, it kind of expresses those emotions that you have within you that you have no outlet for. So in, for me, if I put down a book and I don't feel I couldn't live that story, you know, it's, I, I have to come away feeling, however wild or wacky it might be, that every single part of it could be true. You know, and I have taken that journey. Because that's a good book. can take you to the ends of the world and you can still believe everything in it because it's been written so well, right? Mm-hmm. Love books like that. Yeah. Yes, definitely. Uh, and, you know, I love it when you look, put something down and it goes, aha, uh-huh. well, this may not be going on right now, or is it? You know, <laughs> that's some, that's some, <laughs> I love that. You know, you start looking at people. I mean, I think one of the great things is when the uh, Men in Black came out and they started introducing all these weird characters as, you know, aliens from this planet and that planet, you know, um, the dog from one planet, uh, was it, Rockman, <laughs> you know, and it's just like, Hell, that makes sense. <laughs> you just like you know this. This is always a reflection of life and 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 mystery. You know, reflected around us. We've just got to open up and allow that to happen. Um, my mum used to read to me when I was young because I was a very very sickly child. I used to get chronic asthma attacks, and the pills that were given at that time took time to work. And she would have to get me into a a breathing cycle because literally you couldn't breathe. And she used to do that for storytelling. And she used to get me engrossed into a story and tell the story in a rhythmical way that it went with my breathing. And it would bring my breathing back down until it was calmed down. And, you know, there, there were moments that I kind of just lived for, you know, because she was an actress, she had a wonderful imagination. And um, she really brought the story to life. It didn't so much read books to me, because there really weren't any of these kind of kids' books around like this at that time. They were all, you know, more heavy-duty. But she was a storyteller. And I could just leave my world and what I was in and go into that story's world and remove myself from myself. And that allowed my body then to go and do what it needed to do to heal. And, you know, that's storytelling is so utterly powerful. Wow. What a beautiful story. Very beautiful. Yeah, storytelling is is wonderful. Um, you know, I think again that as we, we talk about that connection of a child on the lap, you know, and reading them a story and and then turning around and asking questions and you know that the, the expressions on their face, uh, that wonderment, or when they get it, and um, you know, like Lynn with your books, it's kind of the more learning while they're being inspired, but when they get it and they start counting or they can start saying the words, you know, that sense of pride that comes out of them. Look what I just did, you know, and that sense <laughs> of joy, what I've just discovered. And it's it's so, you know, I- exciting to see that in their faces, isn't it? Like that discovery. 
yes, they're building that confidence that I can do this. Yeah. And, and that's, a, that's a wonderful thing. And the more you do that, of course, the more that they can believe they can do other things. So, you know, just absolutely. There's something we have to instill in our children. Now, I know with your book, Sherry, that it hits a lot of adults as well, although it's written for children. Um, it has that um, wonderful, you know, message to children that if, they, if it instills in them now, kind of can be, you know, tools for their future. But you've had a lot of adults that have uh, read your books and, and it's touched them and kind of, as I said, brought out that inner child within them. You'd like to share that with us a little more? Sure. It was actually a really happy surprise for me. Um, when I wrote the first book, I, I didn't even know it was a children's book. I mean, as you described my story, I, I just wrote, I was inspired. I was, in, I was just so inspired to write it. I had no idea what it was. And then when I published the book, I thought, oh, this is going to be just for kids ages 5 to 10. And what ended up happening with that book and with subsequent books is that people would buy it for a child in their life, and then they would read it, and they'd say, um, I'm going to need another book, <laughs> because I want to keep this one, and I'll get, I'll get this other one for this, this child in my life. So it's, I think the reason why that's happening is because we all need the reminders, mm. you know, and we, we all want to have fun. We all want to discover something about ourselves, and, and that seems to be the magic about the books. I mean, happily, it, it seems to be that we all need to be reminded to look for the good and change. We all need to know, hey, you are special, and it doesn't matter what anyone else says or thinks. It doesn't change who you are. Mm-hmm. You know, those types of messages are timeless. And, and I find now when we're so, um, most people I talk with, they, they're so overwhelmed, they're so busy, and they're doing important things, but they're also doing a lot of things that maybe aren't as fulfilling to them. I think it's really good that we nurture our souls with whatever tools that come across our path, and if it happens to be a children's book or a movie or music or whatever that is, that we um, take care of ourselves in that way. And that seems to be the, the, the essence of what's happening, and it's amazing. <laughs> I went to go see this movie with my daughter, my youngest, um, who's um, 27. Is she 27? Or turning 26, oh my God. Um, <laughs> I'm, I'm doing this bad as you, Lynn. <laughs> uh, and she turns 27 this year. So, um, you know, and, and you know, we both came out crying because it, is, it was such a beautiful gift of permission to have emotions. And we live in a society that is so judgmental, that is so dictatorial, that is so, um, this is the expectation. And everything is denying that soul to have its voice, denying our hearts to, to expand and feel and love, denying our spirits to, to embrace and act on life. Everything is about, you've got to think before you speak, before you do, what will society do? What would this person think? What would that thing? We've got to get out of that thinking and listen and connect to that soul, heart and spirit because it's our guidance into truly living life um, in a very conscious and open and divine way. Uh, we're denying ourselves so much and I think this is the reason why these books are really touching, um, you know, adults, is for the fact that they've been suppressed for so long and denied so long that through these children's books, they're allowed to bring those emotions out again. Either one of you jump I in. agree. <laughs> and it's so painful to live in fear, oh, right? Yeah. Like to shrink back and to like guard everything like because it needs to be protected. But in reality the best protection you can have is just being yourself because it's going to keep the people who aren't meant to be in your world away. (laughs) It's going to attract the people who are meant to be there and who will love you. It's also, you know, stop living with apology. I, you know, I mean, we, we as adults seem to have got into this apology thing. I'm from Canada. We say sorry over everything. Uh, you know, sorry, sorry. Um, but we've got to stop apologizing for how we feel or for wanting more out of life or, or, or you know, reaching out to embrace something that's going to be meaningful to us. Um, we've really got to stop apologizing for our existence all the time. I totally agree. I, I agree. I agree. I agree. So the next stages, you know, um, as I said, Sherry, I mean, you've you know, gone so far, so fast. Um, you know, we've um, 
Jacqueline Van Kampen interviewed you and I've interviewed you a couple of times and it's you know just seeing each time the level of where you've gone not just more books but now they're um, you know they're in other countries and plays and all sorts of things that are happening you know um, how what's the feedback that you've got not just from the adults but like from the children or the different cultures that it's reached you know do different cultures embrace it in a different way you know, it, it, it's interesting because I never thought about, like, I just wrote it. I never thought about how would this be embraced by kids or how would it be interpreted by different cultures. But I've been amazed. I mean, people all over the world can relate to The Little Rose. Everyone has felt left out. Everyone has felt criticized at some point. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, it's sad almost that we all have been, we've all suffered because of the opinions of other people yeah. and the importance we gave them. Yes. So in Big a wonderful right way to be able to empower people, you know, um, that's just been wonderful. And, and now it's the focus rate is growing it, is to expand it into the native languages for different countries and to get it into the hands of, of as many children as possible so that they can all have a tool to, you know, it's almost like a reset. Before you go to bed, you read the book, and you're like, oh, yeah, that's right. I'm a little rose. The weeds don't matter. Mm, <laughs> exactly. And, you know, you, you, you made a statement there, you know, that, that kind of permission that we give people to, do, you know, degrade us in, in a sense, um, belittle us, you know, and make us feel less important. And it's, they can only do that if we allow them to do that. But what we need is the, you know, the mindset, the heart set and the soul set to, uh, you know, you know deny them the right to do that to us and so you know children the moment they get in with other kids um, they're amongst the bullying society and it's so sick and sad that we still see bullying today and in fact in a lot of ways it's it's turned uglier because of social media you know especially with older kids Um, the more we empower them to stand up and be that rose own it embrace it love it be confident with it the less likely they're going to get bullied because the bully doesn't go and pick on someone that's strong they go and find the weakest person and and attack them so giving those kids those tools and that strength right from the word go when they enter school is actually um, a gift that you're giving to your children yeah, I mean, I've, I've even been written to already for this school year, um, a parent of a six-year-old, so that the first day of school, her strong, confident little girl started getting picked on and, like, became the focus of the bullies. The first day! Mm-hmm. And suddenly she doesn't feel as strong and confident. And it's just so sad to me. And then I think, I think too, raising little roses to support other roses. So it's not really about condemning the bully. It's more about focusing on supporting the rose, right? Like creating an environment that's supportive of everybody and doesn't allow that kind of behavior. Because if the other kids saw it and stuck up for her rather than being afraid and hide, you know, if they don't hide and they stick up for her, that bully isn't going to get anywhere with that. They're going to learn this is not a way to seek out attention. This is not a way to seek out love. And they're going to try a different route, maybe yes. a much healthier one. And, you know, bullies... So I, I agree with you. A bully, very often, it's a reflection of what's going on in their own homes. Um, it's an insecurity that's within them. You know, that sense of, I need to be in power, and, uh, and I can only do that by depowering other people, uh, because they don't feel confident in, the mo- in their own selves. Um, and it's really, really, as you said, sad to see that. But, you know, many, many times the the bullier is a victim as well because no one has taught yes. them to love or be nurtured or to express themselves in different ways. And they get power hungry with this bullying, you know, um, and they then lose all sense of consciousness of what they're inflicting. And it stays with the person who's being bullied all their lives. Um, so it's really something we need to nip in the bud so I would imagine whether a child wants to hear this or not, that these books are good to read to them right from the word go to empower their own story that they're clearly very lost in. Yeah, I think I, I, I agree. Think I think it's powerful to yeah. plant seeds. Yeah. And Lynn? I, I just said, I think Sherry's message is really important. And the fact that you can 
with the other roses supporting the, the rosebud, I, I think that's really important as well. Because as adults, if someone's giving us a problem, for the most part, we can walk away. Yeah. We can make that decision. We don't, you know, if you're going to give us a problem, we'll just not deal with you anymore. That's our choice. But when you're sent in every day in the same classroom with the same people, and if that sort of conduct is being accepted in the classroom, mm-hmm. that's really tough for a child. And, and to have the rose bushes stick up for each other, I, I think that's an excellent idea. And, you know, it's, it's not kind of them sticking up and then fighting back. It's st- standing up and just saying, yeah. unacceptable. We will not tolerate this behavior. And, you know, people think that you have to have a fight for a fight, you know, and that's it's an eye for an eye. Everybody ends up blind, right? It needs to stand yeah. up. Right. It says that this is simply a, a behavior we will not tolerate. To, you know, uh, please cease and desist right now. And as you said, uh, when you bring that collective energy, uh, standing tall and proud side by side, you know, that bully is suddenly going to shrink and realize, th- you know, this isn't the arena. Um, maybe uh, my daughter was bullied horribly at school, horribly uh, tortured by this one girl and her group. And um, she didn't give up and she didn't give in. I mean, she's the fake being ill and not going to school because of it. She wouldn't let us intervene. She wouldn't let us do anything. She said, this is my fight. Years later, she met this girl at a party who came over to her and said, I'm so sorry for bullying you, but I am in such admiration for you because you never battled. You always stood tall in who you were, and you taught me to do the same. Now, it was very painful of her to go through that, but actually getting that validation later empowered her um, because it was tough times for her, really tough times. And I think if you can turn the bullier around, you know, that's obviously the triumph, isn't it? You know, we've got to realize they're broken souls, that, you know, they need their children in need of help. So it's trying to reach out to them, you know. So you don't have to be a weed. You could be a rose, too. So <laughs> <laughs> that's right. That's right. They're just misguided. That's yeah, all. Exactly. That's all. <laughs> exactly. And, of course, you know, I love the fact that your books reach the adults because, you know, children are a reflection of their parents. And so if there's discord going on at home, that's going to be in the child. So if you can get these things into the hands of the parent and they, they discover their own inner child and, you know, little voices that they haven't been allowed to have, you know, it starts t- to be something that you know, gives them a, an outlet, gives them an understanding. And that's really what we want. And, you know, like with Lynn, with your books, you know, it's, you know, may not kind of go as deep as this because you're more introductory. But if you get the parents participating with their children and getting excited by the children's excitement, it kind of takes them outside of themselves as well. And how can you be angry or mad or frustrated or at ill with the world when you have a child in your arms that is absolutely delighted about a story or about learning to read or write uh, or you know know their numbers and and they're excited you can't get mad in that world you just can't either one of you jump in (laughs) (laughs) well I think Uh, that presence builds trust mm -hmm. and so when you are taking the time to read it with the child it builds trust with them and so when things matter, when something difficult is happening, they feel more confident coming to you because they feel like, oh, well, this person will fully be present with me and listen and maybe be able to help. So I think regardless of whether you're reading comic books or educational books or whatever it is that, that the child is enjoying in that moment, it's almost like it, it just it lays the groundwork for a better communication as they grow. Yeah, exactly. Um, you know, there's another thing too, is actually being able to turn around to a, to a child and say, you know, a child is upset and say, okay, which character are you which, in which book today? And by that character, you mm. kind of know where their ha- head is and go and say, what's that character going through today? And so sometimes they can't speak from their first person, but they can speak through a character that they've read in a book. And you'll get more out of that you know, them them being able to say, this is happening to me. You know, this is happening to this character in this book. And it just gives them that filter where they feel a little safer. Another little technique there. So we have these beautiful books that, you know, are definitely out there. And of course, now, Lynn, you're, you are um, 
in Spanish as well now, which yeah. is really neat because, of course, seeing a huge Spanish population in North America and around the world. And uh, how you know how you seen that being uh, you know embraced in the Spanish community? Actually, it's just coming out now, so I'm just testing the waters. So well, I'm I'm hopeful that everything will, will go well. And we had an editor, Spanish editor, Cinta Garcia de la Rosa, and she was just wonderful helping with that. And I'm, I'm excited about it. Because, uh, of course, it is important to get into other languages. And, and of course, there, <laughs> there was a great um, um, ad. Uh, apparently, a, a Korean airline or hotel decided to translate their flyer into English directly from Korean. And it came out as that, you know, we will rob you. Um, you know, we, you know we will, everything came out that they were going to do everything that, they, you know, that in their prices they will protect ended up translating into we're going to do to you. And it was absolutely hilarious. So, of course, you know, one can't just go to an automatic translation because there's also different mannerisms and different ways of saying things and different kind of expressions. So, you know, if you are translating, it really has to be within the flavor of the language, doesn't it? And the expression of the language. Uh, otherwise, yes. it can come out rather misleading. Construed. <laughs> yeah. Well, thankfully, Cinta is is she's Spanish and she lives in Spain. Um, and my neighbor's uh, her her father is Cuban, so I was showing him as well. And so, because there's there's so many different areas that speak Spanish. Yes. That that's that's another another obstacle. But uh, we're very excited about it. And another thing with books that I find is diversity. Mm-hmm. Uh, children be able to see themselves in the story yeah and 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 that's something that i've come across too and i'm, I'm trying to make sure that there's different children represented in the books yeah and and you know we are in a multicultural world and you know children don't see color until their parents point out the color um children are not, are not born racist um you know you look at these wonderful videos of uh animals coming together like you know um a mouse and, and, a, and a cat being best friends, you know, uh, a dog and an elephant. All of these things where they're meant to be enemies and, and yet there they are, the best buddies, just purely because they've connected through that love vibration. Um, children don't see these differences. It's taught to them through society's or parents' perspective. Um, so if we can actually introduce all this multiracial, you know, um, wonderful cultures into children. They just look at it and go, "Oh, it's it's like a different flavor of food. It's just like a different type of food, you know." Um, <laughs> embrace it, try it out. Don't judge it. It's just, you know, different ways of doing things. But we're all people. We all have the same needs, and you know, we all want to be loved and uh, matter and and have purpose in life. And it's children don't see this. We've really got to bring that more and more out into it, don't we? Yes, I, 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 I did uh, visit a school, and this, this boy was either kindergarten or first grade. It might have been kindergarten. Anyhow, we had our numbers book, and we're reading. And the next book, we didn't ex- expect to have an African-American character brought in. But he wouldn't have known that, and he was African-American. And he said, where is the African-American boy? Mm. And he was so young, but he picked that out he personally was not represented in that book. There was an African-American woman in the book, and there was other children uh, of different colors, but he wasn't represented. And, uh, wow, it really is important to him to see himself there. Yeah, Yeah, how can he identify, uh, right, if he doesn't see somebody there that's representative? Yes, yes. So they, we well, all have to. They have to know that we're all different colors, but we're all the same on look different on the outside, but we're all the same on the inside. And if they can learn that when they're really young, I think that will help them later in life. Exactly. Sherry, you got a point on that? I totally like. I think it's so important because even though my characters, like my books, are full of magical characters, so they're not really <laughs> they're not really human. Um, but I can speak as a child, like. I loved Barbie, but mm. I had a disconnect with Barbie because she was blonde and seemed wealthy, and I was not either of those things. <laughs> yes. And when the brunette Barbie came out, I was over the moon. I want you know, I kept that doll. I still have her. <laughs> it meant so much to me that I could be a Barbie too. And I know that sounds cheesy, but but you know, 
she was an astronaut and a veterinarian and a doctor and you know I just had all these ideas and when I saw that a brunette Barbie could also be all those things it was so exciting to me and it, it like gave me permission on a whole new level and it's just a toy so yeah yeah she it ignited matters. your diva you know she kept your dreams and she inspired you and she you know helped you see the visions that you could aspire to you know, um, because you related, and that's the important thing. Th there's another author that uh, I actually had wanted to be on the table today, but um, I haven't pre-interviewed you. We haven't done our other interview yet. Um, and she's actually writing a book about an African-American girl that goes traveling around the world. And she says there aren't any books of any kids virtually going around the world, but no African-American ones. So she said that African-American wow. people don't ever aspire to go anywhere because nobody's showing them they can. So she wants these books to be, you know, the kid will always travel with her parents, but what she learns from each country that she's going around to so that other kids can go, hey, I can do that too. And at least kind of start dreaming about leaving their own little community and that what else is possible. And it's really, as you pointed out, with that little kid saying, where am I? We really have to make sure we represent everybody, that everybody can see themselves in the story. Yes. In order absolutely. to see your own stories. Absolutely. And that, that next book, which is Colors, that, that African-American boy is in there. And uh, our local library wanted to use one of the images for uh, a mural on the wall. So now oh, wow. it, has, it has those kids running on the field and you know, having a picnic. And that's what the kids come in when they come into that library. Is they see you know, the different racial mix and everybody's just having a great time, having a picnic, reading their books, hanging out with Coco. And that's what greets them every time they come into the library. And I thought, you know, wow, you know, we were going to do that anyway. But when he said that, that really struck a chord. Like, yeah. well, we were going to do it anyway, but we really have to. Yeah. And now we have this this mural that's greeting the kids when they walk in. You know, so and in very that very was one of my. Well, yeah, that was one of my diva moments. I yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> yeah, your moment to be proud of, yeah. And, and you, know, uh, you know, every single one of us wants to leave a legacy, don't we? we you know, we want to know that we counted here, you know, like uh, our lifetime left something good in its trail. Um, and it's so good to actually have something where you can look back on and go, you know, uh, what I did did make a difference. And it's something that we all strive to do and, uh, you know, take pride in doing. So I always say that's, that's the kind of pride we want to see, an accomplishment that serves our community, that helps other people. And it's stand tall in it. You know, both of you, stand tall in your pride for what you've done because you're changing lives and you're changing them for the better. So, you know, wave that flag and, and um, uh, no apology and just own it because we need more people like you, both of you. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. Um, so, okay, now we've talked about the importance of books and, and how they can ignite the divas and everything else. Is um, Have either one of you wanted to kind of write an adult book or is children books the way to go for you? Who wants to jump in there? <laughs> Actually. <laughs> um, I have been working on my first novel for adults um, for the last two and a half years, and I'm really excited. Um, the the base the the bottom line for it is all about love, mm -hmm. so it's completely in alignment. Obviously, it's not for kids um, because it's a sexy happily ever after story, uh. but it's about feeling empowered and believing in yourself and overcoming obstacles and and not accepting less than what you deserve in life, and then you know actually achieving your goal uh, for the main character and uh, it's fun it's funny and romantic and heartbreaking at the same time um, just like real life is mm -hmm. so I am really excited about it and when you're going <laughs> very to see nervous that? Uh, possibly early spring of next year Wow, we'll see. Tell us all about it. <laughs> More will be revealed soon. <laughs> and you know, I can actually imagine that you know, writing an adult book after doing children's ones is that you're going to be more uh, paying attention to detail of those feelings of that inner child. 
you know, and the needs and the security and the love and bringing it, uh, you know, into the adult. I, I would imagine that it, it actually is giving you more depth and more understanding from doing it that way around. It, and it, in some ways it's a lot harder, in some ways it's easier. Because a children's book, you can't use a lot of words. You know, you need to communicate the scene, the concept, the feeling of it in very few words. And it's kind of an art and a science. With a novel, the way that it downloads to me is like a movie. Mm-hmm. I see it. I think the thoughts of the characters. I, it, it's like I'm watching it on a screen and I'm relaying it in the book. Right. And I have a lot more area to elaborate and, and include detail, like you said, and more nuance. And um, and because it's an adult book, I can explore uh, a, a broader range of emotion in it as well. Yeah. Exactly. Well, that's going to be exciting. I'm looking forward to that. Uh, and Lynn? Um, I wrote one and I put it in a drawer. <laughs> oh, no! <laughs> Take it out of the drawer. Dust it off. Liberate it. <laughs> <laughs> what was it about? Oh, it was a romance, but I put that one away. But, <laughs> but I'm still working on my middle grade, so hopefully that'll come out within a year, I'm, I'm hoping. So um, maybe the romance was just for you. For sure, yes. <laughs> 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 sometimes that's, you know, you find that. Some people kind of write, oh, I'm going to write something, and then it ends up being a story that's about them or for them. And then, you know, it's like, no, this isn't for the public. This is for me. You know, it was your liberation. Um, you know, I've, I recently did a roundtable with uh, authors that, you know, both came from totally different backgrounds. Um, literally, one from Utah, one from Scotland, and, you know, one talking about Wiccarism, the other one talking about Mormons and and Christianity and forensic science and, and murder. Um, and, but you know, it was about the, the discovering the author inside of you. And uh, if you're wanting to be an author, what you need to do. And there's a huge kind of responsibility and also uh, a process to the art, isn't there? It isn't just a question of draw a few pictures and a few words. You know, as you pointed out, Sherry, the, you use limited words with children's books, but they've got to be very, very profound. They have to be understood. They have to have an undercurrent meaning. Um, they have to be something that allows a child to understand, but but um, kind of as they read it more and more, have a, any, another level of understanding with it. There's a totally different psychology to children's books as there is to writing another novel. How about both of you sharing a few tips of the kind of the discipline and responsibility you have when it comes to children's books? Who wants to go first on that? Come on. Sherry? <laughs> go on, Sherry. <laughs> um, well, I mean, my best advice is always write from the heart. When people come to me, like I, um, I mentor some aspiring authors, and they'll say, what percentage of the text should be educational versus fun? Mm-hmm. And the answer is, I have no idea. Like, I just write the story that comes through me, and then I try to make it the best story I can. And when I have people beta read it, and they say, oh my gosh, this made me cry. This, this made me feel so good. You know, that's when I know I have it. It's not a matter of thinking through it. It's a matter of feeling it in your heart. And... Mm-hmm. And that's the best I can say. I mean, I know Jack Canfield, who co-created Chicken Soup for the Soul, they would have all these readers, every story that was submitted, it's a, it's a collection of heartwarming stories. They've sold, I don't know how many number of New York Times best-selling titles, and it's incredible. But what they would do is they'd have at least 20 people read it, and they would rate it on a scale of like whether it had emotional reaction for them, um, whether it connected them right away, and, and they would take those ratings, and only the ones that got the highest among everyone would get into the book, and mm-hmm. that's why it resonates so much with people. Right. And so I would say, write from the heart, get it in the hands of actual readers, or in the case of children's books, you know, have a parent or a grandparent or someone, a teacher, share the story with kids and get their reactions to it, their honest reactions. Mm-hmm before you publish anything so that way you know you know if you're on the right track or not and then if someone gives you suggestions that sound good but don't feel right don't make them right stay true to your to your vision and your story and then just trust it's hard it's hard to just put something out there from your heart and let people you know devour it and it's it's 
it is hard, especially as an artist, because we're a lot. A lot of us are very uh, vulnerable and sensitive in a way. Yes. But if you don't put it out there, you'll never know. And if you if you can help one kid, even just one, it would be so worth it. It's worth all of it. It's the domino effect. So Absolutely. just go for it. And, you know, when you talk about somebody giving suggestions, it's like you've got to go with your gut feeling. You know, that suggestion just doesn't go. Or, you know, sometimes you have other people that just say, just change this around or that has a double meaning. And it's being open to that kind of feedback as well. Because a lot of people become so protective over their story, they're unwilling to change <coughs> anything. And, you know, just a few tweaking here and there sometimes can just change the way the delivery is that is more inviting to right. other people. So it's been you know, open to, uh, to constructive criticism. But again, as you said, it's got to, you know, feel right with you. But at the same time, sometimes you have to step out of your own story and look at it uh, from, you know, maybe some other perspectives and say, am I just feeding myself or am I feeding more people here? So, um, and again, with children too, you there is that sense of responsibility because you are really speaking to young minds that are sponges that are going to take every single word, you know, uh, so totally seriously that it, it is representing <coughs> that truth that you want them to grow up with. So <coughs> in a novel with an adult, there's a lot you can get away with, but with children, you've got to be a little more protective. So Lynn, what would you say to uh, that? One, I'm a big kid myself at heart. Um, that helps. So that's part, that's part of my filter. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you go to the beach, some people lay and get a tan, and other people are making a sandcastle. I'm, I'm the sandcastle person. Uh -huh. um, I'll be with the kids. And another thing is I go out to the librarians, friends, um, teachers, principals, and I show them what my concept is and get their feedback. Uh, and one of my best people for feedback is a six-year-old neighbor <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> and she is wonderful <laughs> she'll just tell me no I don't like that yeah that's great no get rid of that and she is spot on um, mm -hmm. children showing what they like and what they don't like and getting a feel that's uh, for what they they enjoy what makes them happy uh, that's that's really important to me I mean what a gift you're giving that six-year-old you know, this whole thing of children should be seen and not heard, you know, and then later on, uh, where's your voice? Well, you never gave me permission to have a voice. Uh, what voice, you know? The more we give them a voice uh, right from the word go, and you know, kids are so smart. And, you know, because they haven't let yet learned to layer, excuse the word, the crap, uh, you know, on, on the issues, you know, uh, and they just see things simply and cleanly, and honestly, you really are going to get that honest truth from them. And it's, it's so wonderful because it is as it is. And uh, if we could teach them to hold on to that, but just with obviously maybe a little refinement on delivery and so they don't end up like a few politicians out there, um, you know, a little more demure about their presence. Uh, if they could carry on and speak in that honesty and, and own that voice, we wouldn't have so many screwed up adults out there. So you've given such a gift to that kid by empowering them to be a part of this. She sounds like a future editor. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I have to mention before I forget, uh, my daughter and my son do it too. And they've been a wonderful help. And, and they'll be extremely honest, painfully honest at times. But, <laughs> yeah. but they do that as well. It's a really big help. Yes, and and again, it's you know comes down to I love the whole four agreements, right? Speak your word with integrity. Uh, don't assume. Ask. Don't take things personally. It's just somebody's perspective. It's not an attack on you. And then simply do your best from your own uh, standard and your own perspective. You know, you you know what you want from yourself. And four simple you know codes of life that really you know if we practice them would really kind of see us through in life without getting so uh, over complex. The bottom line, I think, what we're looking at here is the reading to children ignites their, their diva, their imagination, that ability to dream, um, you know, to be able to see their possibilities in life and actually even to show them the actions they need to take in order to get there. You know, even if it's just the expression of self, which is in itself is a wonderful gift. Um, essential that we read to them and also for the connection we get for the joy we get in a child's journey through a book uh, very very important but it's we are kind of carving out 
uh, our future leaders, people that are going to be making decisions for us in our old age. So the more we invest in them now and see them right on their path now, the more they're going to be more able to make the right decisions later on in life. So that reading, that foundation there um, is so utterly important and, <coughs> you know, and to continue to read um, as you grow up. And, uh, you know, there's nothing, nothing better than actually discussing a book with somebody else because, you know, two people got the, uh, two different stories out of it, you know, because they saw it from different perspectives. And it, it's healthy. It's healthy to do so. So reading is essential as a very core learning skill um, that can teach people so much that they can take with them for the rest of their lives. So will both of you please tell us how people can get hold of your books, where you're going next, what's happening, and um, and let's get them getting these books so they can start reading to their children. Sherry, we'll go with you first. Okay, great. Uh, well, the books are available on my website, www.sherryfink.com, and also on Amazon, and then the Kindle, Nook, and iTunes editions are available online, um, those respective sites. And if people want to connect with me, which I love, they can find me on Facebook. It's facebook.com slash Sherry Fink fan. And also you've got the uh, whimsical world of SherryFink.com too. Yes, that's that's the online store for the Sherry Fink website. Wonderful. I love it when people visit that as well. Yeah, right, go, <laughs> go and visit it all there. Um, you know, great gifts to go and buy people for birthdays. Um, you know, when when somebody's about to become a grandparent, buy them these books. <coughs> You're giving them tools for their grandchildren as they grow because even babies can start looking at the numbers and on the doggy thing. They may not be understand the words and this and that, but they've got the pictures, right, Lynn? Um, you know, you never it's never too early to get a child touching and understanding and enjoying a book. Um, so give it to the grandparents. Give it to a parent that's just announced, the, you know, they're having a baby or they're you know, in with the baby shower. Start them off on that right foot. Get them going on that because they make beautiful gifts. So thank you, Sherry. And um, Lynn? Uh, yes, uh, numbers, take the dog out, and colors are available in paperback and hardback through Barnes & Noble, Books A Million, Amazon, and independent booksellers. Uh, and right now, uh, Mandy, uh, Mandy Newman-Cobb, the wonderful illustrator, uh, she is working on a, a coloring book slash doodle book so kids can let their own creativity out. Mm. Uh, and uh, we're also going to be doing uh, another book along that way. Um, and uh, your site? Oh, lindempsey.com or takethedogout.com. Right, and people can contact you at uh, lynn at lindempsey.com as well. Um, yes, thanks. And on um, Facebook, Take the Dog Out. And, um, um, you know, this, as I said, folks, this is, there's so much, you know, um, toys and things out there that, you know, kind of overstimulate or last a few moments. A book is something, I, I've, if you look at my office and, and I've got in storage boxes of books because I hate giving them away. I want to hold on to them. Terrible that way. Um, you know, a book <laughs> is something that stays with you. You know, when I've finished a book and, and I I don't immediately rush into another book, I want the story to stay with me for a while. I want to, it's like you've had a good feast and you want to remember the taste. You know, it's when we can teach that kind of love of reading and that love of a story and that, you know, that love of how it reflects on you and your own story in life. If we could teach that in children so early, um, we are really helping society just to become so much better, so much more than what they can be, and resolve a great deal of um, issues that aren't being addressed out there today because nobody's sharing the how, and through your books you are. So thank you both of you for, you know, following your dream you know for being for honoring your journey and uh, doing these books that are having such a massive impact on our kids today thank you so much thank you it's an honor to to be here and to get to to chat with you again and to get to finally talk with lynn as i'm such a big fan so thank you again <laughs> for the opportunity sarah well, as I said, you're phase one and phase two in this situation here. And, and um, you know, both of you have got such beautiful books there. And as I said, folks, it's, just, it's a gift. Go and give a gift of reading. It's more than just a book. 
it's it's an imagination it's it's a permission it's the key to their future so you know give these books out um as a gift read them yourself find the inner child within you let yourself be free uh, they're here and they're written with love with passion and with conviction so um thank you sherry thank you lynn for coming on today thank you so folks read and embrace your own story that you'll find within another story and until next time be kind to yourself